Oh shit! You got the forty. You're rocking with the forty <laughs> of the Croix. That's that 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 unit of it of Lacroix is something that I've only ever seen in Greenpoint. If I, I, I've never seen it before either. Agreed. It's it's I think it's extrapolated to New York City bodegas in general. But yeah, it's a it's it's beautiful. There's nothing nothing I enjoy. My 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 go to Greenpoint excursion is going to. I always forget what the re- the really really good bagel shop in Greenpoint is. Um, but I always go Frankel's. there. Fr- Frankel's is good, but I'm talking about just like a place that's like way more of like a fucking mom and pop bagel shop that does like crazy big volume and has like every flavor, every flavor of bagel. Uh, well, there's like Bagel Point as well. Bagel Point is one. That's one, but there's one more that's over at, it's right off of, it's right off of the G stop, right off the Greenpoint FG. I can't think. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know the name of the one up there. Yeah. It's really good. They have like, they have salt bagels that Brandon Runyon and I were both just like, fuck. Um, their everything bagels are also like very salt forward, which is wonderful. I, I love a salt forward everything bagel. I can't do a, I can't do a, a fucking salt bagel alone because it's just like it's like the same thing as eating um uh, that fucking what it was a captain crunch or whatever the mouth cutter fucks uh, the room edition. fucks the room of your mouth up <laughs> the uh, room of your mouth <laughs> fucks up the room of your mouth the um, room of my mouth is also get get up. get salt heart uh too from a salt bagel uh salt bagels are funny because it's just a a bagel writing fan fiction about what it would be like to be a pretzel, which I think is. Oh, I, I love that. Uh, yeah, I think that I think a salt bagel is, well, it's just that it's an assault on the room of your mouth. Um, a salt bagel. Why would I want to do a thing like that? Yeah, I, I, I I also don't think Frankel's is that good. Um, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that you're rocking with that opinion because I I've had things there that I thought were good, but I th- feel like that their menus hit or miss. Especially, I just get so annoyed when a place is that hyped, right? Like when it's that yeah. hard to get into. Like there's always like a line down the block, and I'm just like man, it's a good place to go if like like if you have some time on like a Tuesday um, morning or whatever, but. <laughs> Like I would not. There's no reason to wait in line there on on Saturday. And like, if you're a, a carnivore, the pastrami uh, is really fucking good. Um, yeah, and they they do like the they do the thick they do like the Texas Texas toast thick cut pastrami, which I think is yep. is a fun thing. Great. Yeah. I love I love the 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 texture and uh, size of that pastrami. But like, the funniest thing about pastrami is just like um is like it just tastes like a designer hot dog uh <laughs> the best uh the best way i've ever heard the flavor of pastrami <laughs> described um which is probably one of the reasons why vegan pastrami actually works so well because there's a spot in uh in chicago called um sam and gertie's that does like ridiculously good vegan deli sandwiches and you do like it's like that. sam and rusty's brother yeah, Sam and Rusty. Yeah. Um, Sam and Gertie. God fucking damn it. Uh, the idea that his name is Salmon <laughs> because the L is silent. It's just, uh, it's just fucking 
Seinfeld reference because uh, what is uh, Kramer meets the guy named Saldas in the yeah. in the sauna. The He's convinced uh, it's someone rushed you. Sein, Seinfeld, man, what a show! I uh, back back when I thought I would would have the capacity to start rewatching another show. Uh, before I realized that my equilibrium level of busy was just going to be higher, I was going to rewatch Seinfeld. Now I now I simply think that that's not in the scope of things I can do, but we'll see. Um, Seinfeld is nice because it is something that can just kind of be on on in the background while you do things, especially yeah. like me and I've watched the whole series like two or three times. It's just like, fuck. Uh, I was, when I was like updating my resume the other day and just put on like an hour and a half of Seinfeld. Um, yeah, it's kind of the best show um besides archer which is archer is honestly during grad school was the show that i just i probably watched at that point that was 2013 so that a solid 50 percent of the current extant archer catalog was around back then and i watched like those extant episodes of that show like 10 fucking times in grad school <laughs> um i don't know uh if we're hearing anything from Jay, I, he says it's going to be another 10 minutes to start without me. Sounds good. I'm not even going to edit that out because the sausage making is the sexy part of the process, baby. Welcome to Master Shake Theater. A beat, a long beat. Um, yes, cup. we are. We are the very cup-centric uh, Aquatine Hunger Force podcast. Um, adjusting our discourse week over week to to be more cup-centered and to center cup voices. Um, I am your host, Jim. Hey, and I'm uh, Scott Cup. Scott Cup, um, Scott Stapp's brother, but we yep. just have a different last name. Cup with two P's. Yep, two P's. They're the 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 two P's are the the common last name between all of the Scott Stapp brothers. Right. Um, famously, in the uh, in in Scott Stapp's hard to find avant avant barbershop quartet project, <coughs> and here and here we are welcoming. Our third lovely host, yes, Jay. Jay, how we doing? Hey, hey, sorry about that. There's a uh, uh, conflict with my other podcast, Blue Scare. Oh uh, yeah, Blue Scare. Um, the other podcast that we're talking about, the three podcasts in the world are this podcast, Dancing is Forbidden, and Blue Scare. All all other podcasts don't exist. Um, That's right. I'm shamelessly borrowing that bit from All Fantasy Everything because they're a way bigger podcast than us and who cares blue scare gatorade um yep our sponsor for today it's gatorade love it it's gatorade that that has that pepper in it that's in pre-workouts that makes you feel like your fucking skin is crawling i don't need to belabor that because if you haven't been living under a rock for the last decade you do know what that feels like um that's right go get yourself a case at gatorade.com slash blue scare use the promo code 
MasterShakePod at checkout. You can get yourself 10% off and free shipping on your first order. Thank you. Today, yeah. we are talking about Season 1, Episode 14, Dumber Days. It aired on uh, December 1st, 2002. Uh, and in this episode, Frylock gives Meatwad a new and more powerful brain, turning him into an insufferable know-it-all. Fellas, I loved this episode. How about you? Amazing. Very good. <clears throat> one of the one of the top one of the top episodes. Top one so far. Um, really, we get we get a best in class version of what the the format is capable of. I think in this episode, um, I had a weird Mandela thing happen during the cold open. Has Doctor Weird has had visible nipples this whole time, or is that? a unique yeah. thing for this cold open fucking hey yeah i've, I've gone nip, i've gone nipple blind in my old age fellas i didn't see uh didn't hate see to the see nipples. It. reverse reverse mandela nipple effect yeah seriously i thought nipples were dead nipples have been there the whole time fucking hey um reverse mandela effect is still i think the funniest fucking tweet of 2019 <laughs> yeah Remind us again and our, our, our good listeners what that tweet was. If you've got if you've got um, a version of it readily available in your head, yeah, I think it's basically just like uh, like this girlfriend being like, my boyfriend when he doesn't know something just says it's the reverse Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to start using that again because that's good. Uh, just, just when you're, just when you're completely ignorant about something, it's just the reverse Mandela effect. I think that's so funny. I think that's beautiful. I think it's good. Um, uh, the highlighting of hair joke is very 2002 because highlighted hair was all the rage. It's probably all the rage again because everything from this era is getting fucking retconned now. But um, I've been listening to a lot of Mitch Hedberg lately and he has that really iconic joke about i had my hair highlighted because i wanted to i wanted certain strands to be more important than others like uh highlighting hair was big um i want to replace my brain with the rotisserie chicken where can i sign up to do that um having a brain sucks and i feel like having a delicious juicy chicken a hairy chicken if you will would be better from your local uh kroger uh rotisserie chicken counter uh, yeah our first sponsor of the day uh, if you uh, want a slightly brown chicken that the skin is too hard in some places but it's gonna taste pretty good and it's gonna cost you five dollars and 39 cents well head on down to your local kroger fill up on uh, kroger's uh, organic gas uh, while you're out there and uh, make sure to stop by um your local uh, Kroger store to get the uh, the meat wad meatball special, uh, which is in stores only for the next uh, thousand uh, four thousand years. Uh, thank you so much. If you if you have any questions about that offer, you can uh, email me at wad.com and get a get a quick response. Rotisserie chickens are fun because they're the only uh, they're the only food that is uh, that both falls into the category of being healthy like for health for you and um, also is sort of designed to be eaten humiliatingly in your car 
Like <laughs> all the other foods designed to be eaten humiliatingly in your car are bad for you, but rotisserie chickens are good. <clears throat> ready? I, I don't know if this is true, and I don't want to turn people off to rotisserie chickens if if it's not. But I, I think that you, you know, from my my grocery store lore days, um, I learned that the rotisserie chickens are made from the chickens that were on the shelf that uh, hadn't sold yet. Yeah. Uh, so they were within a few days of, you know, being at their, their expiry date. Um, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, so if you do get a rotisserie chicken, I think what you want to do is eat it humiliatingly in your car as soon as possible. Nobody has ever bought a rotisserie chicken and not eaten it in their car right away. That's why you buy rotisserie chickens. Um, that makes sense. I um the actually I've never eaten <laughs> in my car. The one Excuse thing me. that I have done is uh one time when I was in, in Chicago um and I lived it was the period of time where I lived right by a Jewel Osco. I would periodically buy rotisseries chicken and uh, eat them on a uh, at a bus stop bench. So that was the most uh, derelict thing I've done in a string of derelict things that has been my life. I love that. I love when you say derelict. And if you don't like me, if you don't like that, you can derelict my balls, okay? <laughs> Zoolander is on Netflix uh, PSA that we should all probably be watching that because that movie holds up. Um, thank you. I think it's on Netflix. It might be on HBO. I don't, I don't know which one. Which I don't even know anymore. They're all the, they're all the fucking same, but they're all different, and they all cost, you know, altogether. Everybody's paying fucking ninety dollars a month now to just have cable again. But it's really sucks. weird how that works. It's, weird. it's yeah. cable, but it's nice because you don't ha- you you don't have the option of uh, of dissociating so hard that you fucking uh, literally are materially rocketed through the wall behind you while watching seventeen hours straight of fucking kip garza so yeah that. <laughs> um i do i do yeah that's, that's a good point <clears throat> um i it's just this is the best episode guys like so far i think I, oh, I'm, I'm i'm it's up there at any rate uh there there ain't nothing in here but air and a jingle bell shake uh meanwhile loki being suicidal is like the best sort of serialized joke in the series so far um he again that's big foster kid energy because foster kids are always suicidal like dark dark part of america uh, especially at this stage of the game um fuck (sighs) me being pouty and passive aggressive about not having a brain is a super good look big fan of that um yeah uh, i I identify with that a lot uh, yeah I, I th- th- just threw out that I was like, oh damn, I am Meatwad. Um, but really, I'm I'm probably the least alive to Meatwad of any of the uh, characters. Um, a good, really good Carl quotes in this. Um, oh yeah, you doing some sort of science thing here? Looking for a brain? Is that right? <laughs> um, if it's a brainy one, I'll get you a brain. Is a nice, maybe Big Lebowski callback. Oh yeah, I'm here for that. Need a toe. Uh, Anita yeah my name is anita toe thank you very much um uh frightened frylock is 
is like everybody's perpetual mood and vibe in 2022. I think uh, I love the that archetype of like Frylock with the frightened eyes. Um, reminded me actually of that ninja Satan meme that I shared the other day. Thank ninja, you, ninja Thank Satan. You. Ninja Satan. Um, all right, surgery. Meatwad again, just be saying a very meatwad thing. Uh, the the brain coming in like the most nineties fucking igloo cooler uh, is I love it. Extremely good. Um, I love how like Meatwad's go to um, activity to test his new brain out is watching wrestling. That's a super. Yeah. That's a super serious call forward. Uh, shout out to around this time. Uh, around this time was a time of flux in pro wrestling, but I, I believe it was around the same time that John Cena's ascendancy was starting, which is cool. Um, little John micro- Cena. John Cena, you got a big mouth, John Cena. Uh, little microdosing culture corner there. Um, zoom out with the shake, just getting attacked by bees is fantastic. Um, oh my God. Cartoon, <laughs> characters in Cartoon Network shows getting stung by bees is a really fun animation trope that gets used a lot. You see it a lot in these types of cartoons, especially like in Bob's yeah. characters. Um, I love it. Is anybody in Sea Lab stung by bees? Yeah, there's there there has to be episode where there was there has to be episode where they there were has to be episode bees. where they were stung by bees. I, think I, I feel like it'd be like uh, bees bees. bees. Let's they don't let you have the most honey. honey. God. God. <sighs> um, yeah, he looks bigger. Hope he sat on those bees. Um, smart Meatwad is actually just a call forward to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, just like the annoyingly smarter than thou blue check mark type of 2022 yeah um in like that's like it's actually shocking the way meatwad acts when he has the big brain is like shockingly prescient to how um public intellectual types act on on social media i think it's good i feel yeah. like i feel like uh meatwad would be making you know fucking hilarious arguments in favor of uh invading russia yes <laughs> Hey, hey, Lameo. Um, what else? I'm just looking for seltzers here, guys. Cool. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? What's your favorite uh, flavor of seltzer? Currently, it's the, this polar uh, orange vanilla. Um, you like orange vanilla, huh? Yeah, I do. The polar uh, Polar Express uh, Tom nice. Hanks Uncanny Valley flavor. Oh man, the uncanny valley. Uh, uncanny valley ranch dressing means that there's a part of our brain that uh, can detect if something looks human but isn't. <laughs> like you so say, you mean like Joe Rogan? Yeah, like, like Joe Rogan. <laughs> I, I actually saw somebody make a make a pretty convincing argument that that Joe Rogan like really hits the uncanny valley because of the way that he has sort of engineered himself to look. Um, Joe Rogan just looks like Elon Musk wearing a fucking Hulk Hogan skin suit, and uh, 
Jesus. There is just something very like, I mean, it is undeniable that Joe Rogan looks like if if DARPA built a human being pretty convincingly. <laughs> like which Joe Rogan, like like podcast Joe Rogan. Yeah, like current day Joe Rogan. Because back back in like two, 2002, Joe Rogan just kind of looked like a regular guy. But yeah. now he's in this he's in this hyper biohacked sort of Ubermensch um, kind of mode that I think that the amount of HGH and, um, you know, various other designer fitness drugs that he's done has really, has really turned into, turned him into something that looks, looks slightly more robot than human. Did you and say HH brother? HH brother. Yeah. Uh, to my HH brother, HGH brother, HH. Something uh, about this episode. Sorry. That reminds me of things that we've all, now been talking about with the, mouths that we do have is like once people know they're smart they keep acting more and more eccentric uh so they can highlight how smart they are and uh like it's super annoying and like there's always something about like you have to let people know you're smart or you're not smart or something but that's really not a very smart thing to do it's like uh it's like what uh thatcher said about being a lady you have to tell people you're a lady you're not a lady I, that's why my my whole approach to being smart is acting really dumb, and I think that that's sort of the um, the preferred approach of everybody on this pod. I think it's beautiful. Well, I'm not smart, so thank you. <laughs> Guests can't see, but I'm double Eminem flipping off Jay after <laughs> saying that because you're easily one of the fucking smartest people I know, Jay. So eat eat pant, you hoser. Eat, eat pant. Um, is that the new uh e- you guys all heard about e-commerce but now you can have pants on electronic super highway information time thanks i, See, I i'm a, not i'm not smart i made a really good good bit where um sponsor was talking about how he like shopped for an e-bike and that's all that that's all that's in his ads ads now and i i, I replied him i was like an e-bike that's like a like a bike that's theoretically less less bad for you than riding a a normal tobacco bike right (laughs) Uh, Uh, that's great pretty good um i that car the carney car ride looks dope as hell i want a whole amusement park full of just cars that go around like the zipper I think that's, I think that would be a beautiful thing. Yeah, Um, I would love it if it's also just like, like 2002, uh, like Fast and the Furious inspired, uh, you know, fucking tricked out cars as well. I bet this is the same year that that Whistles Go Woo meme came out. Yeah. Woo woo. The the Pimp My Ridification of of the car universe. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah exhibitification man now i'm thinking about yassified exhibit because 2022 has melted my fucking brain um <laughs> god damn it uh i by the way we haven't i haven't made maybe i haven't said it on pod the editorial stance of this pod is most definitely that walton goggins is just yassified william defoe I can't believe I just said I can't believe I just said William Defoe, but we're just gonna fucking we're just gonna keep it. 
his actual name is William. It's William Willem Defoe. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's crazy what they'll do with names. Um, I don't like how like he goes by Joe Biden, but that's just short for Joel Biden. It's yeah. Fucked up. Uh, Joe Biden and Matt Romney, the real uh, the real unity ticket that America. Yeah, they're the realist. Um, if Walton Goggins is Yassified Willem Dafoe, then is James Martin Walsified Yassified Walsified Walsified? Is James Marsden Yassified Kevin Bacon? Yes, absolutely. Um, and then Chris Pine predictably is Yassified William Shatner, which is funny because he plays uh, Captain Kirk in the newer uh, Star Trek movies. Yeah, I love that. I love that for us. I do love that. I love do love that. that for us. Um, the yassification is really, really funny. The yassification of of people. That that two or so weeks where that filter was big was absurd. Um, let's see here. I I think that overall the premise of this episode of like using elevated brain power for incredibly mundane and stupid stuff is a very prescient call forward to like everything about the current day and the sort of like hyper-capitalist boring dystopia that we are, that we are in. Um, and also like, it's a thing that all the hosts of this pod have been harping on in the group chat for um, over half a decade talking about sort of the uh, sort of always iterating on our analysis of, of, of Peter Thiel's analysis of the world um, having, having, only gotten more mundane and boring as technology has advanced. I think it's a fun thing for us to maybe kick the peanut around about for uh, for ninety seconds or so here. If if y'all have anything, yeah. I, I think boring dystopia is like uh, for me, just like keep showing up in work culture currently, and how much fucking like. I don't know like like I, I just feel like everything in in work culture is is just like somebody decided to just standing deskify everything and it's killing me right now and uh I I can't I can't work anymore thank you the I I think I think that maybe like a symptom of that is that 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 meme that I saw where it was like some it was somebody saying in, in a slack channel guys i'm stuck in the we work lift oh yeah like guys is not a gender neutral term try using y'all uh it's just like yeah very very uh big standing destification the creeping corporate corporate memphis aesthetic of every aspect of the the workplace um, I, I do i do think there's like from the late 90s early zeros of this time where I think one of the smartest things you could do is, uh, or like what a lot of smart people do, and they, they do it to some degree now, but uh, to do a throwback to what you're talking about with Teal, about uh, if you're really smart, um, you're going to continue to work in these uh, highly stratified parts of our, our economy and our society. Um, you have to show that you're going to per, you know, pursue something that's highly competitive. You have to win every competition. You know, you start in honors track in high school, you go to a good college, you go to a good master's program, you, you continue to get accolades. Um, 
you maybe you you post about how great you are on LinkedIn, whatever it is. Uh, and then I, I think, uh, sorry, LinkedIn's a bad example because we're talking about 20 years ago. I think something definitely happened after um, the financial crisis and then uh, part of the 2010s going into uh, even like the modern day where there's like a lot of really smart people who decided to stop um, fighting and that kind of like gladiator combat uh, you know, professional settings for a long time. Uh, I think there's been like some negatives, right? Where it's like people in Silicon Valley or whatever, are like, well, my, you know, I've had three startups that failed. It's like failure is not actually that great for your psyche or for the economy or for, you know, whatever, for value, uh, value creation. Um, but I think things are definitely a little bit healthier now where there's definitely a sense of like, well, you know, this kind of level of competition inside the workplace and inside our society with education is kind of stupid. Um, and kind of the emperor has no clothes. Um, I think there's, you could definitely yeah. see it politically in society where uh, I think, apologies for monologuing, but there's definitely a pushback against a lot of trends in education, uh, which have not been particularly, I think, healthy for kids or for parents uh, or for educators for that matter, um, you know, including the sort of over-involvement of bureaucrats and, and what have you. Uh, and then in the actual, you know, uh, value creating part of our society just in terms of like economic value um there definitely seems to be a sense now of like you know what if i don't want to work in a workplace that like has uh, robots telling me i can't use the word guys uh because it's not like you know appropriate speech for the intolerant minority then i'm not going to work here anymore and i think that's uh, going to be a growing trend uh, millennials have a lot of power and purchase in our society because we're the largest generation um, I think he's done a lot of good, right, for like paternal leave and some some other sort of policies. But it'd be interesting to see how that kind of works itself out as we, you know, rear the next generation to not have a, that culture of helicopter parenting, of endless competition, and of chasing accolades, which reflects in like sort of meat wads, like, I'm smart, I have to show you I'm smart, and I'm going to be smart in very specific ways that everyone understands, uh, you know, on the surface level, how smart I am. And yes, I, I did connect it back to the episode. Thank you. I love that. And that's an amazing, an amazing bit of, of really, really cogent analysis about the way things are. And unsurprisingly, a lot of parallels with the way that I've been thinking about these things. Um, I think that one of the, one of the things that you were dancing around didn't say explicitly, but I think it's something that y'all will probably be able to see is that the, the, environment of hyper competition and the environment of sort of just very stringent um goal chasing has set the incentives up to where the p most of the people who advance um in organizations to an extent that they're able to really make an imprint on the organization's culture and vibe are people who are just so fiercely competition-minded that they're sort of an empty vessel for anything else and yeah. um, and that that has created really bad <clears throat> leadership sclerosis and a sclerosis of ideas in a lot of these and you know my I can only speak from my experience working in these hyper capitalist hyper growth organizations but I'm sure if it's true in those orgs it's true kind of everywhere else too. I think that's like like Venkatesh Rao's uh, Gervais principle in action, right? Like you ultimately like to be the head of an organization, you have to be sociopathic. Um, and you have to be like sort of so hyper-focused, hyper-competitive that like that any, any sort of normal human emotion would not be uh, something inhibiting your success. And like, um, 
But anyway, as a level one listener, the only thing I wanted to add was uh, in in the vein of that um, fucking uh, the the WeWork uh, guys bot thing. Um, I just I had I had a tweet that that underperformed a few weeks ago, uh, but I just, just like imagining like like a, a very a very millennial bank uh, being like. Like, sorry, we denied you a loan because of your credit herstory and uh, just <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, that's so good. Bunch yeah, of man. fucking emojis. Like, here's how you can slay queen. Um, you know, <clears throat> like, and I think that's where we're fucking at right now, right? Like, we're not, I think what, you know, obviously I want like better outcomes for, for folks, but I think the, like, the the sort of this this I don't know, I don't know what to call it. like the the veneer on this like the the same old fucking capitalist and corporate structures um, is is just that right like it's 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 nothing and and it's it's absolutely okay to to make fun of it um, yeah and especially because it's like three three to four years behind where things actually are culturally and it comes across as very tone deaf and chuggy. Um, anyway, let's get into Culture Corner real quick. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome with a. Scott Cup. <clears throat> Scott Cup here. Um, all right, number one song. It's, it's still Lose Yourself. It, this thing was doing fucking numbers, man. Um, it sure was. Uh, number one film, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, uh, which... I think is not that good. Uh, I think it's the second Harry Potter film. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the third one, Prisoner of Azkaban, quite good. I don't like the director on that one. No, that's the best director. Shut up. Uh, it's it's a little bit too uh, too out there for me. Uh, interesting things that happened near this episode: the cult television show Firefly created by Joss Whedon was canceled in 2002. I uh, definitely had my years wrong on that. I thought that was like 2008. I remember the, the Firefly apocalypse happening because my, um, my live journal, um, I was in a very, I was in a very Joss Whedon pilled live journal uh, circle and everybody was crying and shitting and throwing up about Firefly being canceled. Uh, you might remember this controversy. Uh, uh, Trent Lott resigned as the Senate Majority Leader yeah. um, because of the, his, his statements about <laughs> Strom Thurmond's presidency in 1948, uh, a run for presidency, um, which, which uh, Thurmond had run on a, a sort of segregationist uh, stance. Um, I thought very interestingly, uh, in, in a in a in a interesting media move, um, Trent Lott went on BET to explain his stance, uh, which I think is uh, something I did not know. Honestly, a um, very very proto twenty twenty two move of him to do that. It really is. It's like very very like notes app apology, uh, like Trent Lott move, uh, which which I thought was 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 pretty funny. 
Uh, of course, Bill Bill Frist came to uh, succeed him, which I think is what the administration wanted anyway. Yeah, there's like a lot of uh, a lot of weird bad blood. I think uh, if, uh, if you read stuff back then about like Frist was sort of gunning for it anyway. The Bush administration wasn't hot on lot, and uh, hot on lot. Let, nice. There's a lot of like, I mean, dude's dead. Everyone says nice things at people's funeral. Uh, I don't think Trump Thurman really deserves too many nice things to be said about the guy uh, in terms of like what his political uh, sort of feelings were. Um, but, you know, like most uh, Democratic scandals, um, it's really about a Republican response to it and not about the Democrat himself. Right. Uh, thank you. <laughs> hey, 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 we love, hey. We love to see it. Um, thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, Stay with us into these uh, what 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 just promised to be increasingly better and better episodes every week. It's a nice world that we're in where that's possible. Um, fuck with us on our Patreon link in the description if you miss VC Lab episodes. If you want to go back and listen to them, um, any any last words, my fellow kings? Stay strong, kings. Stay strong, yeah. kids. Stay strong out there, everybody. Boring dystopia. Boring dystopia. Boring dystopia strong. Um, making shirts that say that in a la Boston strong. <laughs> but boring dystopia strong. That is a very boring dystopia thing is every city where a like a terrorist attack happens then releases their their like city strong shirt. Yeah. Uh, very sad. Very sad. Um, thanks, Kings. <clears throat> Appreciate you guys. Peace, y'all. Peace. Have a great one.